Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today and want to give a very warm welcome to Mike Mayer. Mike is the owner and CEO of Main Event Digital, a digital marketing agency that specializes in web design, SEO, and e-commerce services. With over 20 years of experience leading digital transformations for billion-dollar businesses, Mike is an expert in all things e-commerce and digital. He is a regular guest speaker at industry conferences, has published numerous articles on digital marketing, and has also helped launch three startups in the digital consulting, consignment, and online retail fields. Today, Mike will be sharing B2B marketing strategies along with e-commerce and mobile launch best practices. We'll learn what works from Mike's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Mike, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thank you so much, Stacey. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, what I'd love to do is have our listeners learn a little bit more about what got you to here today. You recently, when I Mm -hmm. say recently, it wasn't tomorrow, you know, yesterday, but you recently started your own agency and you have a, you know, a storied history of working at some very large companies and doing very large partnerships. And what made you decide to, you know, trek out on your own? Um, great question. Uh, for for the last, as you mentioned, over 20 years, I've been in technology, specifically e-commerce and digital marketing. I will con- would consider myself a, a pioneer in the field. I, I started actually pre-World Wide Web creation invention back in uh, 8990 running bulletin board systems, which probably most of your listeners have never heard of, but Google it and you'll find out. Uh, and and then just got got hooked and trained to be a developer. Started as a web developer, uh, went to work, and quickly moved into management. And you know, most specifically, over the past uh, fourteen years, have been focused on uh, working at three wholesalers, starting and running e-commerce and digital marketing, um, and. Throughout that period, thought, you know, this is this is great. I'm seeing a lot of success. Why not try this same approach for many companies uh, that look the same as the companies I was working for? So started my own. This is just since April of 2020, uh, kind of right after COVID hit. Started this out of my home office and uh targeting manufacturers, wholesalers, and distributors. Although, even though that's who I'm targeting, it's really more of a B2B focus. So I'd say like 40%, 50% of my customers don't fit the mold of a wholesaler or a manufacturer, but are service-based businesses selling to other businesses. So that's that's kind of the the backstory, but we're we're a full service digital marketing agency offering a whole variety of services. Uh, I consider us a, a e-commerce system integrator light. We're not doing any major dev projects that run for a year or two. Doing you know more s- smaller builds of 
uh, e-commerce sites and apps, mainly on Shopify, WooCommerce, on WordPress, Magento, uh, Wix, Webflow. Uh, we Most of our time is spent on the design deve uh, development and then more into the digital marketing areas. So we're, we, we start with customers that have a presence or don't have a presence. We've, we've built startups uh, since April, which I'm happy to talk about some of those companies. But we've, we'll, we'll sit down, we'll do the branding, logo design, web design, doing the markup, building out the site, uh, building out product content, because uh, typically the wholesalers have no product content or have just pulled together, you know, some very basic product numbers and manu basic manufacturer content. So we have folks that will flesh out that content, rewrite it so it's unique for SEO. Uh, we build that into the site. We, we run a full SEO strategy on the site where we're managing the technical SEO, making sure that site's fast, responsive, has all the correct tags. Uh, and then we go off-site uh, and run a backlink strategy, uh, especially with press release blasts mm -hmm. to get our uh, our clients' information their, their, and backlinks into media throughout the country. Uh, with that, we, we run paid search campaigns. We run paid social campaigns. We run social for these clients. Um, and and I I'll keep going if you if I'm not boring. Yeah, no, yeah you're not boring. All oh, those are great. We, we set up marketing automation. We we build out lead gen campaigns. Uh, we're selling for our clients on marketplaces, Amazon, Walmart. We load huge catalogs up to those sites and automate um, competitive pricing, especially on products that our our clients are not the only sellers of that product. Uh, we automate that. Uh, on social, we're, we're running campaigns and running social for our clients on Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, doing a ton of content creation beyond just that product uh, content build out. We're writing long form content, as I mentioned, for press release blasts, also for website content, for blogs, uh, for social structuring affiliate programs to bring in larger sales forces for our clients that they would just then pay on a rev share um, and and structuring loyalty programs which is which are really moving the needle for return customers and increasing average order value uh, by rewarding our clients customers with uh, store credit or swag uh, we're doing a lot of uh, one-off email marketing, and and we have uh, uh, some folks that are doing video too. So we've we've produced television commercials, doing videos for social, testimonial videos, you name it. We we've actually done billboards like out, outside of digital uh, and direct mail. So you, we're we're your outsourced e-commerce digital marketing department, and we'll figure out what you need and and get it done. Well, one of the reasons I wanted you, and I, I kept letting you, I wasn't going to interrupt you as you were, you know, naming all the different services that you do, is those are all, if you're launching an e-commerce brand, literally everything you said is going to be a component that you as an owner of a company or your team needs to actually consider. 
because Absolutely. most people I think come in and they're like, I'm going to sell on Shopify and I'm going to set it up and the world is going to come and I'm going to be a millionaire and this is going to be awesome. And that then nothing happens after you've done that. I, I think you nailed it. And that just like hits on the, the whole topic of your podcast with mistakes that people make. They assume when they build it, people will come and that is couldn't be further from the truth. There's millions of websites. So you need all of that marketing to get people to your site. Uh, and, and there's definitely ways to do it inexpensively uh, and, and to sustain long-term traffic through the SEO and through, you know, buying up mailing lists and doing email marketing. Uh, but it's, it's critical and, and it's critical to have that attack of your potential customer base from all different angles. You know, maybe even I didn't mention we're doing SMS marketing too through text. You, know, you want to you want to hit your customers when they're hanging out on social through their email. You know, if you can get them while they're on the highway reading a billboard, uh, when you're retargeting them or targeting them through display ads when they're on any website. I mean, there's just ample opportunity, and it it all goes back to that that drip strategy where you need to hit them you know, seven times before they even recognize your brand. And then you actually have an opportunity to start selling to them. Right. But it, it has to happen. And I see this more in B2B than in, in B2C, where B2B spend all their time, effort, money on building, and then they just sit there and wonder, why aren't people using it? And even if you have an existing business with a large customer base, this is, this is, very common where you're you have a, a sales team you have an inside and outside sales you have stores and you think once i add this website to the mix my customers will use this also but that's not the case and what i find is typically not only do the customers not know about it know about the benefits but your sales team and your your employees don't know about it and can't support it and often aren't their incentives aren't even aligned to tell customers about it. So I, I've been in businesses where the, the em, employees deter and, and direct people away from using the websites because they lose money. So you, so you need to make sure the motivation and the incentive plans are established day one, or you're gonna be swimming uh, you know, against the stream. So when a company comes to you, what's the first thing you do? How do you figure out what their strategy should be versus telling them that laundry list that you just gave and having them literally sure. flee out the door because they're so overwhelmed and they know that they don't have the budgets necessarily to tackle all of that at once? That's a great, great question. Yeah, typically, it starts with me asking a lot of questions and getting to know them, their business model, how they operate. I, I love to tap into any existing analytics they might have that they can share. And, and I like to do an analysis of what type of marketing they're already doing, what their user experience is on their website. Uh, and based on that, I, I draft a strategy and build a roadmap, which has some or all of the things that I've just mentioned. Uh, I prioritize that, you know, based on a potential return on investment, which I've attempted everything I've just mentioned in so many different businesses that I have a good idea of what works and what doesn't. And I can even come to the client with potential 
you know, I, uh, our returns on investment so that we can make educated decisions on what we're going to target first, second, and third. And the way I run my business, I, I have to figure out a better way to communicate this because I have packages on my website with different services. But in reality, every customer is unique and every customer needs a custom package. There's definitely no one size fits all. And even if I'm working with, you know, a, my third or fourth lighting wholesaler, it's not the same approach. Everyone needs their own approach. So I build the, I build the custom roadmap and then we just start going down the list, running through the, the strategies, executing on them. Revenue attribution is the center, the, the base, the key to everything we do uh, to be able to track to see if these activities are working. And then based on what we see after the first few activities, we might change course. And it's, a, it's an ever-living, breathing strategy and roadmap that needs to be tweaked based on the analytics and, and what's working and what's not. What do you think are your top three strategies that are your go-tos that you're just like, you know, pretty much every time. And I know that everything you said is, mm. is viable for pretty much every brand and company, but what are your top three that if someone doesn't do, they're missing the mark? Sure. We, we start, you know, we have, it all has to, the foundation of every single customer is their website. Mm -hmm. So it all starts with a, we QA, I have a full-time QA guy. So we test their website. We make sure that thing is working perfectly. We do an analysis of the user experience and we do some user experience improvements. We try to optimize that conversion rate and make sure that it's fast and responsive. So once we have that, that's usually number one, first thing we do with almost every client is we gotta get, gotta get our house in order. Once we have that website, working perfectly or close to perfect. Then we go into more of the marketing strategies. We, we almost always start on SEO strategy day one, although that is typically not a, an immediate, we'll not see an immediate response from SEO. You know, it sometimes takes three months, six months. The fastest I've ever seen it, uh, some responsiveness to SEO has been a week. And that's recently with a client, uh, they build cannabis dispensaries and grow houses throughout the country. So we built a bunch of SEO optimized pages for them, like uh, cannab cannabis or dispensary builder in Montana. And they're Grow America builders. They show up number one, number two. So that we saw, that was the, the best SEO success I've ever seen. Well, there was a but, hole, obviously. There was like the, the Google was hungry, actually, because there yes. wasn't a lot of content there to fill that. And that's why correct. it got such pickup. That's correct. And yeah. if it's a biz, if it's less of a unique business, that's a pretty unique business. Yeah. Then we, we focus on the long tail keywords that don't have a ton of competition. And we build out the you know lengthy pages on, on the website about those keywords. Yeah, um, and, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But I was going to say... <laughs> what I was going to say you. is that, you know, my own agency, my own business, like mm -hmm. I have to credit our sales success when we get new clients. It's because of the SEO strategies that we put back in place back in 2012 when we started building our blog. And we had done, you know, optimization before that on our website. And what really, really did it, though, was the content generation, starting with one blog post, then two blog posts, and three, then five a week. 
until, you know, we consistently have over 30,000 readers on a monthly basis for a B2B business, which is awesome for a small niche agency. It's awesome. And it's how we actually establish our expertise. But back in 2012, if, you know, the pulling teeth and the pain of actually getting this started, if someone had said, well, this is the end goal, you know, I probably would have been like, oh, by then I want to have 100,000, 500,000, you know, because we always want more. But it, it caused me to change my strategies and suggestions for clients because mm-hmm. I know that, you know, paying for advertising, traditional advertising, that does so much to move the needle quickly, but that sure. SEO optimization, it's there, it's built in. And as long as you're, you know, still Google's loving you, like that is going to keep serving up for you forever. And it's not too early ever in your business's life stage, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to start that. A lot of businesses will put that off because they want to see immediate action but it pays dividends there's only a one-time investment for the most part pays dividends indefinitely so but for the customers that want to see immediate action you you lean on paid search and depending on the client paid social so we'll, we we've been most successful with our wholesalers pushing into google and bing shopping where it's super long tail you know customers are coming right to a a product detail page and their intent is they're ready to purchase or they're you know, checking pricing. But that's, that's as, um, as close to we're, we're getting these people through the sales funnel, you know, for a new business or for an existing business, you know, through, through paid is through the, through the shopping. Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing that we've, we found is low hanging fruit is marketplaces and most of our, customers had no presence on Amazon or Walmart. And that is, there's nothing more immediate. You know, we, we launched their listings and the next day we're seeing activity and, and sales. And for some, those that don't have map policies to abide by and that are selling the same products as everyone else, the automation of pricing is ever so critical because the it's a race to the bottom and whoever has the lowest price, as you know, on the marketplaces wins. But we, we set that up where there is a, a, a margin floor that we don't exceed so that even if we hit that lowest possible price that the wholesaler is willing to go down to, uh, they're, they're still making enough margin to make that sale worthwhile. So, you know, the, the clean, Getting the house in order with the web web design, SEO, uh, paid search, and marketplaces. Those are my go-to with with all clients. And then we kind of build out from there. And you mentioned um, yeah. press. You said, you know, we do press releases for mm-hmm. SEO optimization. And you're doing that for link building, right? You're sending it out. You're posting the site. And you're actually building authority on Google so that it's recognizing the company and giving it more authority. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing how quickly that works for SEO. Yeah. And I, I don't know, you know, we, we put it out on the wire. It usually shows up on four to 450 different uh, media outlets like a USA Today or Chicago Trib. So we're getting good positioning. Whether or not people are actually reading that, I don't know. But Google loves it. So they're, they're following the backlinks from those very reputable sources. And that boosts me, my clients on SEO, re- really quickly in organic search. 
Yeah, we so. um, we ha- we do a lot of PR for clients and work with um, clients with establishing, you know, how to get campaigns, you know, known about uh, that they've built. And so many times we were like, oh, you know, if you do a press release, I'm going to get so much exposure and all these publications. And that's just not how it works anymore. But it's so awesome as far as just like putting those links out there. It doesn't matter that no human eye may ever see them because it's going to impact all of your searches is going to impact where you show up on other pages because mm-hmm. all of a sudden Google's like, oh, no, you're legit. You're cool. Great. Exactly. Yeah. And then we go beyond the press releases to, to build, you know, to focus on the PR aspect of our business. And we'll, we'll reach out to folks that run podcasts like you or uh, trade mags um, or the media directly. And we'll, we'll try, we'll send them our briefs and try to get into their publications through either a guest blog or we'll send them product. Uh, but we've had a lot of success getting on, uh, you know, the, the local news and getting into a ton of, especially with on the B2B side, getting into trade association newsletters, uh, their blogs uh, on their and their websites. That that's typically pretty easy to do. It just takes a lot of lot of uh, heavy lifting because there's a lot of them out there and. There's a one-on-one, you know, negotiation and presentation of uh, content and tweaking, and but it, it's worthwhile because that's where, in the B2B side, that's where a lot of your your customer base is getting their industry news. It's from it's from the trade and association, you know, publications. So that that's worked well. And so, you know, first ground level for you is making sure that website's optimized, built well. The second you had mentioned was um, putting together an, uh, you know, basically an SEO strategy. And the third level that you were talking about um, is getting everything so that you have paid social or paid, paid advertising, whether paid, what, ad. paid advertising, whatever it is on social platforms, Google AdWords, anything that is digitally driven paid. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And then we kind of expand out from there. And where would you so, expand from there? Like what's then, you know, I said top three, but I'm like, now, what do you do then? Let's keep going, yeah. yeah. So we have, uh, we have a, a full-time guy that is running our social campaigns for all of our customers. So he's putting out, you know, not paid, but just posting into, into everyone's feeds, building followers. Uh, he's, he moonlights as a comedian. So he's very creative he's funny. and funny. He's yeah. funny, yeah, and engaging. So he's he's putting together a lot of great content for yeah. you know Facebook and Insta and LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, so that's that's a uh, helps brand building, helps keep your brand fresh in the minds of your your followers. Uh, it, it's also good to just have a good presence out there when someone's actually coming to research you. You know. Th- that's one of the places people go now. Is this business legit? Well, let me go check out their website. Let me look at their social. Let me look at their reviews and ratings on other sites. And that's another area we focus on is uh, reputation building for our customers on Google My Business, on Bing Places, on Yelp, uh, wherever, whatever makes sense for their business. Maybe it's Angie's List. Um, and, And we do that through campaigns where we're either sending out SMS messages or email asking folks to give us feedback. Typically, we want to put some sort of incentive behind that 
to to get them to act, to actually act upon it. Maybe it's a contest or some sort of reward for for doing that. Um, so that's that's another area is that local reputation. Um, we are, uh, you know, the content creation never stops for for SEO, for social, for the press releases, for blogs. Um, so I have uh, two full time content folks on the team that that's all they do is churn out good content. And I, I, I've seen a lot of success with our loyalty programs that we've built into our customer sites. And those are like perks and rewards and benefits because everyone likes to get stuff for whatever they're doing and giving out. And, and the secret in B2B is that in B2C, the person that's your consumer you know, if you give them a discount, they're they're getting the benefit yeah. of that discount, right? But in B two B, it's a different story where the purchasing agent might be the one you know making the purchase, and if you give them a discount, they don't care; they're not getting anything out of it. So rewarding through these programs with you know a Yeti cooler, uh, a Yeti tumbler. Uh, a Bluetooth radio, you know, something like that, maybe a travel card or travel rewards, something that they can personally use mm -hmm. and, and take home with them seems, uh, I've tested, moves the needle much more than any type of discount or rebate that yep. maybe their boss will. will I was going to say, I bet the owner that. likes the rebate. The, the owner's great oh. and happy with the rebate, but then the peeps underneath, they're like, what's for me here? Exactly. What's in it for me? That's hundred yeah. percent. So, so loyalty programs are great. Uh, it, it, people will spend more to achieve that next level of reward. They could have bought it cheaper somewhere else. They'll come to you and spend more, even if you have higher pricing so that they can take something home and, and see benefit. They can take home, you know, an, a, a new North face jacket. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's it's a little sneaky and but it but it works and it, yeah the owners wouldn't aren't gonna love that. Well, even with you know B two C and when you're looking at different rewards and especially I think with your you know younger gen like your Gen Zennials right <laughs> going up into millennials that reward system the badges I mean it's crazy mm -hmm. to me like we have online classes and, and we do certifications and one of my team members came to me and they're like, you know, we really need to give a badge that people can put on their LinkedIn after they finish the class. I'm like, my God, why do we have to do that? Oh, it's super popular. Everyone wants badges. They're like, look at me. I got a badge. It's the whole thing of like, I won, I played the game. I have my certificate yeah. um, and little tiny things like points. Like there's, there's oh. apps out there and websites out there where really your points are valued at like point oh 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 two cents right. of like nothingness but you have 7300 of those little stars and there's there's a psychological like hunger for people to do things with that a hundred percent yeah so it works it, yeah. you know the the b2b's don't think about all this stuff and they they you, they you have to attack them. it yeah, yeah. They want the gift. So beyond that, you know, we're doing we're doing a bunch of video production, which is a lot of fun, uh, and it's very you know we're doing we're doing testimonial videos, mm -hmm. we're doing about us like who we are videos, uh, we're doing like a lot of whiteboard or explainers, mm -hmm. uh, but it's 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 especially short, brief, 
you know, 15 second chunks of content, great for social. Uh, and a lot of on the B2B side, not very common. You know, there's not a lot of video production going on. So we're, we're helping making, make uh, it, it easy to explain what our, what our clients do and what the products do with these like short videos. Um, and, and even producing uh, video television commercials. Okay. Um, animated actually is the, is the last one we just put together. So it's, it's, these are a lot of fun. And I really never thought I'd be in this business. I've, I've been on the other side of the fence for you know, 23 years and working with folks like me and just found an opportunity and had no agency experience, but have, have been enjoying it. And one of the things that I, I, I bring to the table because I know the pain points that I had as a running a business and working with agencies is that often an agency will take ownership of accounts and, and that, that transition, they make leaving the agency really tough. So that's one thing that I'm like, you know, day one, when I'm writing out my business plan, I said, I don't want to hamstring my customers. I want to make it, I want to make it easy to leave me. And I think that's, is me putting my money where my mouth is. So I structured the business with, you know, we use, we use their accounts and typically we'll ask, ask our customers for maybe it's their info or their help account. And we'll set up, we need to go set up accounts. We'll use that. So they have full access to it. Uh, additionally, I don't have anyone in, in any kind of contracts. We're month to month. Uh, I, I send out an agreement to protect everyone with privacy and you know, confidentiality and non-competes and all that. But I, I make it easy for my clients to leave. And maybe it's a psychological thing, but my clients, they're not leaving. So that's a good thing. And, it, and it, that structure has encouraged me and my team to hustle, that we're not like resting on our laurels and sitting on a six-month contract where we know that if we're not showing a return on investment every single week, we're out. So we, we send out status reports every Monday to every single one of our clients with metrics saying, here's how we, here's how we did. Here's, here's the progress and just make it, make it easy for them to, to move on. Um, but it's, it's working. That was we're, a dog sneezing. So oh, anyone listening right. and can't see the video. <laughs> Um, I have a Cocker Spaniel sitting next to me who has gone had a sneezing fit. Uh, so with everything you did, you know, you certainly with starting a business in the, you know, beginnings of COVID, you, you did solve one thing that most entrepreneurs and, and agency owners have to figure out pretty early on is where your business is going to be and having to actually get office space and so forth. And it's perfect because you can be in your house yes. with the rest of us and learning how to be virtual from the very get go. You, you're right. You know, actually, I was looking for office space. I started on March 10th looking for office space because I, I knew I needed to be out of here. There's a lot of a lot of commotion. I have two sure. kids. Now there's even more commotion because they're home most of the time doing remote learning. Also have a dog. And and luckily, like my timing couldn't have been better. I had two contracts in hand for space and then COVID hit. Saved. So I thank God I didn't sign anything, uh, but I have been remote. I have a team now of 20. They're all over the country. 
the majority, I'd say 10 of them are in the Chicagoland area and that's where I am. And eventually, you know, when, when we are all vaccinated and we can go back to living our normal lives, I would like to get, get out and see other humans. And it, I kind of miss that, yeah. but for now this is working and, and the business is growing. I, I have yet to really do any marketing for my own business, which is kind of ironic because that's what I do. I'm a marketing company and I've grown through word of mouth. Yeah. Have just a whole, whole slew of different types of customers that are depending on us for all of their marketing needs. And it's uh it's a, it's a fun business to be in. I, I love it's all day is solving problems for, for my customers and trying to scale and grow their businesses. Yeah. And I'm sure what you also like is after 23 years of working for businesses, every day is different when you're an agency owner, like there's something different. You can't plan on it and you get to learn all the time and keep growing yourself as you're helping other people grow. It's really rewarding. It is very rewarding. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting new challenges thrown at me every day. Yeah. I'm finding, one of the other things that I'm loving about this is finding synergies between my clients where I can introduce my clients and then they can start working together. I have a client that is a startup hand foot operated hand sanitizer dispenser. Uh, and, and then I have another client that is a janitorial sanitation product wholesaler. I, I put those guys together, marriage made in heaven and now the manufacturer selling through the wholesaler. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun when, when you can grow just by making introductions and everyone sure. wins. One thing I wanted to touch on just because it was in your LinkedIn resume and I yep. talked to you about it before as well um, sure. is apps because we have so many clients who want an app. Like everyone wants an app. It used to be like what everyone wanted a website back in the day. But sure. apps are very different than websites and they're a different beast entirely. What are some of the tricks and tools that you use to make sure an app is actually relevant for a brand? Most of the apps that I've built are, um, they accompany the, the mobile website or the e-commerce site for, for my customers. They're full functional and they actually have more functionality than the e-commerce sites themselves. And the whole reason, I mean, they weren't 100% necessary, but they do help to, to drive business because it on a mobile phone, especially on a mobile device, it's, it takes more effort to go into your Safari or your Chrome, type in a URL or go to your favorites. That takes time. Having an icon on your home screen that with one finger you tap and you're shopping makes life a lot easier. You can also add some additional features to using the you know, native functionality of the phone to make shopping easier. Uh, one thing that we've used with a lot of success is the using the camera uh, and using that for scanning products, especially you know, scanning barcodes. And that can bring you know, the product pages directly up. So someone in, in the B2B world, a lot of our clients, customers, have stock rooms of some sort. And what, what we do in those stock rooms or what we advise them to do is, or provide them are labels, barcode labels that they can put on little bins throughout their stock room. So when they're getting low, they can pick up their phone and just scan that label. 
if they still have the product in stock in their stock room, they can they can pick up the product and scan that too. Uh, so that helps with the inventory management and keeping their inventory up to date. Um, besides that, I think having the voice recognition on a phone saves our customers a lot of time where they can just click to, to talk and, and talk their search right into the search box. Um, and that, those are like the, the native tools we, we typically, oh, the, the, photo, the, the camera we also use to, if you have a part that you need replaced then you can identify it. We build out capability to take a photo of that part and then submit it to our tech support in which, whichever client to, to identify what part that is. So that you'll find, you know, in, in the B2B world, there are millions of parts and it's sometimes pretty tough to identify something that was potentially manufactured, you know, 80 years ago, has been in production and broke and now you need to replace it. And there's no markings on the product, but um, most of my customers have tech support that can help kind of identify what those products are. Uh, and beyond that, you know, we, with, with the apps, we try to make the e-commerce site and the apps easy to shop. So we do things like custom catalogs so that when a, a user returns to the app, well, first we automatically sign them in because having to re-sign in every time is a nightmare. And then they can shop their custom catalog of a, a mix of things they've already purchased from us, either offline or online, or uh, products they've added to a requisition list. So we try to add these, these features that just make you know, shopping easier and especially when you're on when you're on a mobile app. One question, because it's come up you know, with one of our clients recently, and I, I had a very fiercely um, staunch viewpoint on this, and I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion. Um, they've created an app, and you can go on the app, but it doesn't collect your, you know, if you download it from the iOS store, um, app, uh, the app store, yep. uh, not the <clears throat> iOS store, app store for iOS, you know. But when you go on, you can instantly get access, but it doesn't collect your email address or allow you to do any sort of marketing back to it. You know, what is your thought? Is it more important to give people a seamless download where they're able to jump on and they're able to, you know, start surfing and, you know, swiping and poking away? Or mm -hmm. is it better to actually capture their information? So what you just said is that whenever they come back, you're there, it's there, it, it's logged in and you know who you're talking to and you're able to remarket. I think user experience is at the core of every decision I make. And that's, that's the foundation. So making it easy to use, not requiring login, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or using like facial recognition or thumb, you know, your fingerprint to get in, if you can do something like that. Uh, but but it's, it's, it has to be easy. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 everything we build has a, a B2C side and a B2B side. The B2C side is you're there like a consumer, you're probably looking at list price and not your discounted, you know, your your custom pricing, and you're you're able to search the catalog. You're able to build a cart. You could check out as a guest. It's not that you're not getting your discounted price, uh, but but at least you can do your research and pull down, you know, specification sheets and watch videos on the products. And maybe that's all you needed to do. So why do I need 
to put a barrier in front of you to log in. And that's how a lot of B2B e-commerce sites are built. They require a login to do anything. So that that's a big no-no. Let's give them everything they possibly can do without logging in. And then if they want to get to a point where they want to get their special pricing, view their previous orders, uh, use their net 30 terms, use their tax exemptions status, then yeah, you're going to have to require a login at that point. But the other, the other huge hurdle I see a lot of my uh, well, previous competitors, a lot of wholesalers uh, putting into place is requiring a, an account manager to set up an account for a customer. Silly. It's so a DIY I, world now. I mean, that's what yeah. we all live in. Everyone wants to DIY and they want to do it at three in the morning on their own time. hundred percent. Yeah. So you ask the customer for some identifying information that you need to authenticate them mm -hmm. and give them full access at 3 a.m. so that they can place an order. Why would you want to add any hurdles? Yeah. It's all about removing the hurdles. So there's, depending on the company, you know, mo I'd say a lot of our chain have changed and are changing to make that process easier, that self-activation, but it, it's not, there's still a lot out there that it's, it's too difficult to even get started with their with their tool. So I know we're running out of time. Um, what I'd love to do is have you share how people can find you. Yeah. Where do they find Mike? They can find me at maineventdigital.com. And from there, there's links to a bunch of our social media. And on the website, there is uh, information about the types of customers and our packages and our pricing and everything you need to know. Also, I make it real easy to get a hold of me. On the website uh, is my cell phone number. So feel free to send me a text or call me. I'm available and willing and um, open to having at no cost a strategy discussion with you and a free consultation to see if there is a, a good match between us and, and your business. And I, I think at, at this point, I'd like to offer some sort of incentive because I've been talking a lot about incentive during this. You need a reward. You're going to get a reward. So if you activate, if you, if you start an account with me um, and start doing business with me, I'll give you, um, let's, let's go with $2,000 off your first month. So get a hold of me. Tell me. Uh, that you heard me on the Stacy Jones Hollywood branded podcast. Marketing mistakes and how to avoid them, or Stacy Jones and Hollywood branded. Any Thank of those you. things are fine. All work. Okay. Thank you. All work. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm happy to give you a discount on your on your first month. That's awesome. That's very awesome. Any last words of parting advice? I think I'm going to go back to something I said at the beginning. Uh, if, if you build it, don't expect people to come. You, you need to hit people from every, your your potential customers and your, your current customers. You need to educate them from every possible angle. And that's, that's what we do. And it's tough to do that on your own. So find, find an expert, find a specialist that can run your paid campaigns, run your SEO, get you in the marketplaces, affiliate programs, loyalty programs, content creation, social, so on and so forth. There's a lot to do there. And we've been replicating our model. Uh, we have 22 customers right now and growing. We're at, adding like, 
this month we're, we'll be adding five new customers. That's we, we have signed agreements from. So you, you definitely need someone that knows what they're doing and has learned from mis, you know, making the mistakes and uh, which I have and has the experience. Uh, you're gonna spend more trying to go at it on your own. No, but. it's super beneficial. We tell people all the time, like, one, why would you hire an agency? Well, you want to hire an agency because the reason why they know what to do is because they've screwed up lots of times yes. and learned, and they know how not to do that. And you're going to screw up lots on your own if you try exactly. to do it yourself. Right. Why don't you benefit from someone else's mistakes? Yeah. Which creates expertise. Exactly. It's good to make mistakes. Yeah. You learn. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. I, oh. You know, you provided a lot of valuable insights for our listeners. My pleasure, Stacey. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. It's been, been a great afternoon. Thank you. Good. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Marking Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. Till then, have a great day.